I was like, you don't know me. Welcome, Welcome to Whelmed, a, a podcast for Xennials. Hi. Hi. Oh my God. It's like, it's like the nineties when we had three-way calling. <laughs> the party line. Oh no, that was not a party line. You never experienced a party line. I can tell you about a party line. Please do. What is I don't, a I don't want to because that totally, it's too late. I've already, I've, I've already let it out. I've already <laughs> admitted it. <laughs> now, yeah. now, now I really want to know what a party line is. Seriously? You, you haven't seen this like on TV or something, you know, read about it in an encyclopedia. Oh, wait, wait, on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all you cool cats and kittens, we, you might be hearing a, a new voice tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's true. You might be hearing a new voice. It's not mine. <laughs> We have a lovely guest joining us today to talk about our topic. We're so excited to welcome my mom. What? Here. Direct from the party line, it's Megan's mom. <laughs> now, Robin, before we get started on our topic today, do you consider yourself to be a boomer? Um, I don't, actually. <gasps> what? I really don't. Tell us why. I think why. I'm, I'm just like right on the edge. I just, I'm like a couple of years too young. Mm. And so like all the stuff the boomers are, were really into, I wasn't. I, I'm a weird cuss. So am I officially a boomer? Like by how many years? Can I don't know the answer question? to that, actually. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. I, I think maybe, maybe technically, but I understand that like you have the same vibe that we have as Zennials, right. where we don't mm. really feel no technically, right. Technically, like we belong in one or the other, uh, but, but we don't really feel like we belong in one or the other. We feel like we're sort of a combination of the two. So you're, you're a little bit boomer and a little bit X. I don't know what that makes you. Okay. Weird. A zoomer. <laughs> a zoomer. <laughs> I, I bet I'm just we're I guess we're going with that. <laughs> I was trying to come up with the lyrics for like she's a little bit country and a little bit, and I was like, well, and then I lost I forgot what the rest of the Yeah, and then was. you realize that you don't know the lyrics to that song because no. you are from New York City. <laughs> Literally, like I'm staring out my lovely balcony um in New York City. I so I woke up uh, this morning for the first time in New York City in my new apartment. And I look out and I have a fire escape right outside my, my building. And I don't know, I'm just a super gay dork because I just look out my window and I just think it's like the set to West Side Story because there's just a bunch of like fire escapes. <laughs> and like, I just want to sing Maria. I once met a girl named Maria. I think you could sing that. Have you tried it on the fire escape? <laughs> Coincidentally, uh, there is a woman in my office named Maria. So <laughs> the song is also true. So I've now met a girl named Maria. <laughs> we are so excited to have Robin here today. We are going to be talking all about the Enneagram. Oh my God, you have your NPR voice on. I do have my NPR. It seems like an appropriate voice for Enneagram. I oh, don't know sure. why. Are we all going to whisper? <laughs> I'm not whispering. I'm not going to whisper. I'm, I'm not using a whisper. my NPR voice. That is not a whisper. <laughs> totally oh my different. God, wait, wait, wait. So I've been listening to, we're totally tangenting. I've been listening to the New York NPR and the guy sounds exactly like, like the main NPR New York guy sounds exactly like the, the newscaster from Parks and Rec. Oh, the NPR guy? No, 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 no. Like the... the, oh, the Perd Happley? Yes, he sounds like Perd Happley. I'm sorry. And you're, and you're <laughs> continuing to listen. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He talked for like a good two minutes about the purple sunrise the other day. Way to go, NPR. I know, right? Anyway, sorry to, to interrupt your flow. 
that that's probably what doesn't do. happen often around here, does it? No, <laughs> it's brand new. It's never is happened that a, before. Is that an Enneagram type, the interrupter? <laughs> I'm not that you are, Charlie. You are not. I could introduce you to some interrupters. <laughs> you are not that person. <laughs> I am such an interrupter. How dare I, you? <laughs> oh, okay. I apologize. I take it all back. You are an interrupter. <laughs> what do I know? I haven't seen you in like two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, in person, yes, correct. Well, yeah, it's it's been a weird a weird world, y'all. A weird world. I mean, since Megan's wedding. Too long. Mm -hmm. Okay, Megan, but what are we talking about today? (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about the Enneagram, you guys. Um, And I'm just going to give you sort of a general overview. We're going to talk much more in depth. But if you have never heard of the Enneagram before, um, I would be very surprised because it means that you don't know any ladies. (laughs) Pretty much all the ladies I know are like super into the Enneagram. Everybody's like got their number. They're figuring it out. They're like, Robin, Mm -hmm. what is the Enneagram? (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of that depends on who you ask. Um, Oh, it really, it does. Like there's, it's like a lot of things. There are a lot of different opinions out there, right? So it is a personality tool. Um, the way I was introduced to it was as a, um, a spiritual, a, a spiritual tool to understand yourself better. Um, how, it, how yes. is it spiritual? Well, um, I guess for starters, the, again, the way it was introduced to me is that it came from the desert fathers and mothers. So we're talking so far back. I can't tell you cause I'm a real, I, I don't do history well. Um, you know, 200 years, that's about as far back as I can go. So like, like, you know, like monks, like monks, there you go. You got the image, but it was, it was brought to this country, um, by, um, Central American. There was a, a Chilean and, um, maybe Brazilian, um, two men, who over some time sort of developed this theory coming from out of the spiritual information that they had read, they really brought it to the state. The Jesuit priests um, are the ones that sort of took it in as a spiritual tool. And if you know anything about the Jesuits, they're the cool guys. They, um, the Jesuits, like if you ever want to hang out with a priest, if you ever thought that you might even be willing to hang out and talk to a priest, the Jesuits are the ones you want to hang out with. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they care about people. They take a really serious vow of poverty. They've done some remarkable things to change the world. They are, they are open to all people and to all faiths. They are, they're cool people. So they got, they, they brought it in, I don't know, probably in the sixties, everything like that was happening in the sixties, right? Again, why I'm not a boomer, why I don't feel like a boomer, because I was a small child then, and I missed all of that. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't get to go to any peace marches. I didn't get to, I mean, I did wear bell bottoms. That's about it. So Yeah, but like, so did I, and I was in the night. (laughs) Also, you had a piece thing in your hair, right? The wrap and the piece. Yeah, I never did that. I sure did. Yeah, we'll we'll see if we can find pictures for the gram. I really wanted those. I really wanted those. Also, one of her favorite things to say was peace out. Right? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So I don't know where that came from. (laughs) It it came from a different world. Oh, okay. The That's TV where I got show? it. Yeah, the TV show. Wait, it was, was my it... favorite. It was my favorite TV show in the fourth grade. Was a different Which world is... the one where, like, with the talking crystal from because her dad was on another planet? What? No. Oh. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, there was this crazy. That, show. that would have been a good title for it, though. There was Whatever this crazy show about. from the eighties where, like, her mom was from Earth and her dad was like from another planet. And like she was able to like freeze things by putting her fingers together, but she talked to her dad through this like crystal intercom thing in her bedroom that glowed. 
Wow. Okay, wait. Yeah. Did you dream that TV no, show? No, it's a legit or- show. I just can't remember the name right okay, now. Okay, because Charlie, as a, I've heard tell that you are an Enneagram 4, that would be just the kind of thing you'd come up with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these super cool priests <laughs> came, <laughs> came up with... No, they didn't come up with, but like they, they just brought it here for a spiritual practice, right? They integrated Pop- they it into popularized their, they popularized. It. Good job. See, now I interrupted you. I'm still confused on how it's spiritual, other than it's used by people in the spiritual professions. Fair. Um, I. I, I don't know that I can answer that question. I guess that um, that my understanding is that it's just spiritual because that's its history and because it's used a lot in um, particularly younger churches, like with lots of 20-somethings and 30-somethings. It's a big, it's a big part it of- is, Enneagram is popular among- the sort of uh, young, hot, evangelical type um, of like sort of boutique churches that are kind of all the rage right now. But I think the only thing that truly makes it a spiritual tool, in my view, is the idea that like it, it's you. It was it's used in people's spiritual practice or spiritual inspiration, right? Yeah. I think it's really interesting though that this is used in churches because I feel like. You know, in some sense, my my limited experience with Enneagrams sort of makes it feel like someone's done my birth chart. <laughs> and it like there's like it feels a yeah. little astrological. Yeah. It, it does. It does. You know, doesn't necessarily always line up with yep. the church. The church. Right. So one of the one of the people that I respect the most. Um, that's doing work on this um, public work and doing workshops and things like like that. Um, His name is Sandra Smith and she actually has a podcast about it and she has a a website and she does workshops and her her like little tagline is um, something like transforming lives, um, making the world a more compassionate place. And mm-hmm. so I guess that would be, that would certainly be part of why we would consider it a spiritual tool because it is about understanding yourself more deeply. Um, understanding, um, it gives you tools to, un- to understand, understand yourself more deeply so that you interact with other people in a more loving and compassionate way. Also, you interact with yourself in a more loving and compassionate way. So it sounds like it's sort of like an owner's manual. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Right? Because like, mm-hmm. you know. Because we didn't I, get I, one. Correct. True. <laughs> that is a true story. Um, <laughs> because like when I was thinking about like the difference between like, you know, what is my astrological sign and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. Enneagram, it felt to me like well, astrology is telling me like some personality traits, but Mm -hmm. Enneagram is more like how I move through the world. That's a good descriptor. And you know what another, another huge difference is, is that you read the Enneagram types and you find what it is that where you most resonate right? So it's not, you are this personality type because you were born this time of the year, right? So as uh, there are nine types, right? There are. How, how, how do you figure it out? (laughs) Well, some of us have no trouble at all. Um, (laughs) Is her name Robin? I'm one of those people. (laughs) 30 years ago or more, the first time I was introduced to the Enneagram, I read the descriptor about myself and I was like, oh my God. Like, Wait, did you call it the descriptor? 
did I? I called it the, who knows no. what I said? You know, I have a descriptor. weird descriptor. Oh. I thought, descriptor. I thought she combined in scripture and description. And I was like, oh, I is that have. a diagram thing? I, I think I might do that next. <laughs> I know that you're into, into coming up with new terms on this podcast. So sure. making up your own words. We're very into that. Very into mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I'm, I, I had no problem figuring out my number at all. And I, I think that's probably true of most people who are eights. We're very strong personalities. I don't know um, what you're talking about, Robin. You don't know? <laughs> have no idea? You, you're you're yeah. like a lamb. I, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> and sometimes the terms that they give me, like if, like if you get online and start looking up the Enneagram, you'll get five different terms for the number eight. And some of them are very unkind. I choose not to pay attention to those. I choose to. Before we go down the rabbit hole of like what each one is though, like, so Mm -hmm. for people who aren't like, don't have that necessarily aha moment, there are, there are all these like online tests, blah, 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 blah. Mm There are. I I haven't found what I loved. Megan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll share my personal experience with figuring out my number, which was that I um I I read a, the first book I read was is The Road Back to You, um, which I think is a lot of people's first book about the Enneagram. Um, I think it was one of the first ones to become popular. And um, is that the one written by the sassy priest? Yes, that's the one written by the sassy priest. Um, and so I read that one first. Um, and, and my experience of figuring out my number was that I had to read all of the numbers and then I had to mm. read them again because oh. I really was not sure. Mm-hmm. It took me a really long time to figure it out. Um, and when I take the internet tests, they do not, they do not give me the number I feel that I am. And so that's part of the thing mm-hmm. I agree. is that nobody else gets to tell me what my number is. Nobody else gets to tell me because the whole point of the Enneagram is this is how I experience the world. So mm. when I'm, what, it, what it's, what it's helping me to learn about myself is what, what get, what I get upset about, what I get excited about, where I need to practice self-care, where I need to practice restraint, where I need to learn to listen like where do I need to go to experience happiness or harmony or balance or whatever you know all of those things that you're kind of looking for um, to figure out about yourself and so the point of it is is that it is a self-exploration and so you get to figure it out yourself so when I when I take the internet test and I have read that this is particularly true for women that women mistype as a two a lot because a two is a helper. Mm. And so women are very, are taught like sort of societally, we're very, we're very much taught to like be helpers, oh. to help other people that like we do at the expense of ourselves. You know, there's a lot of that in being an oldest child, which I am. Right. right? So I, that is not how I feel. Um, and that is not, we'll get into the wings and stuff in a minute, which makes it more complicated, but um, that the thing that resonated with me was the thing that the thing that like taught me something about myself that I didn't know mm. was the idea that I was a one, a perfectionist. Some in some other places <laughs> they call it other things, but I actually like the term perfectionist because it reminds me that that's my that's my go to lens and that I can that I, I don't have to live into that, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes, that's automatically going to be what I see, but it doesn't have to be how I live. You brought up an interesting point, though, about being mistyped. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that happens a lot when you take the tests because you might answer on how you want to be perceived or how you think you should be perceived. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true a lot in my experience because not all of, but some of the stuff that's on the internet 
really wants to turn the Enneagram types into personalities. They, they really want to, it's like they've turned them into Zodiac signs. It's like, oh, this is so one, all the twos do this. You're such a four, right? And, and it's not that that, that there can't be some stuff that's like that, but like Mm -hmm. another person who's a one isn't a one exactly like I'm a one they're a one in their own way and so that's part of the reason that you if you if you're really interested in it then it's a good idea to do more reading and to really pay attention to the things that resonate with you right like when they talk about and there there are other pieces to it right did you know that your mom slash robin was an eight before you read what an eight is like, had she told you? I I think so, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I I would have, I would, that, that's what I would have guessed, um, even if I hadn't. And and when you read the book, you obviously, you think of people that you're close to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was my experience, right? Like, I thought of, oh, this reminds me of, but the point is, is that you are not supposed to tell somebody else what their number is. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're supposed to let them figure it out on their own. Which and is it, interesting for you and me, Megan, because uh-huh. you thought I was going to be a three. I did. And I ended up being a four. Wing yeah. three. Sure. And the wings, so all of the numbers will just briefly, you guys should, if you're interested in this and you don't know about it, please go do lots more research because it's not like we're Enneagram experts or anything. But each one of the numbers has a number on either side of it. And typically a person will have one of those numbers be their wing or the thing that they're closest to. So maybe you have some characteristics of that number. You have some things that resonate with you about that number, um, but that you're more, the majority will be in one number. Um, I am four, a four wing three. And apparently that is called the aristocrat, which I thought was appropriate. (laughs) So tell me, Charlie, why a four? Why, why did you decide you were a four? Um, uh, TBH, um, uh, I took an online test and it told me first. <laughs> um, and then I read about it and I was like, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> um, Which is such a four thing to say. <laughs> um because it was literally like it, like a four pun intended had my number. Um, so you're, you're saying you felt you, it resonated with you. Yes. So and I'm like, just curious. I'm just curious if you, if you want your listeners to know a little bit about what that is. So did, it's, there's, there's a little bit of shame involved and that's such a four thing um, because it's, I, I have always felt like I've had trouble fitting in. Like I've never felt like I fit anywhere. And that's a lot about that. They talk a lot about that as a four. And uh, I always feel like I have to work. I, I don't feel like love and kindness should come to me unless I work for it. Um, and uh, yeah, those were, those were some of the, like the more, it was some of the darker parts of four that really confirmed for me that that was, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I'm at my best, I'm, I'm my most creative and that's like a really nice bright part of four. Um, but uh, I'm really glad I'm a wing three and not a wing five. <laughs> wing threes are obviously more extroverted and um, uh, but yeah. We know some lovely fives, though. Oh, I don't. We, I, honestly, I haven't read anything about fives. Uh, I'm, we, I'm also we, self-absorbed. I haven't read anything about anyone else's number. <laughs> I four. Hello. You're you're talking to women who love fives. So <laughs> is 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 David a five? David is a five. Oh, he is. He actually is like the poster child for a five. And, and I was like doing a little bit of reading before, before joining you guys. Um, and I, I found this line about him. Oh. Uh, and I was just like, oh my God, 
proof that I don't know. I don't know what it's proof of. It's proof that God exists. It proves that love overcomes all <laughs> kinds of things. I, I don't know. It proves people can grow up. So we've been married 40 years. And as an eight, I am like my one, one of my number one characteristics is I, I am opinionated. I will offer anyone my opinion, whether they <laughs> ask for it, whether they want it. I, I have opinions about everything. It, everything. I mean, and that's then, true, but I that's do. why we love you. <laughs> and then there's this line about David, the, a, a five, rude, loud, or demanding people who express strong feelings exhaust me. <laughs> so for 40 years, I've been exhausting my husband, uh, <laughs> which is true I so, mean, I, on a level, but it's really helpful information, right? Like it helps you to yes. understand that about your partner. Do we have um, like some brief descriptions about the nine different things? So um, from the Enneagram Institute, type one. Ooh, is, that's so fancy. I know. <laughs> type one is the, the reformer. We've been, uh, yeah, that's, we used to be called the perfectionists and people didn't like it. Oh. Uh, rational, idealistic, <laughs> principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. Type two is the helper, caring, interpersonal, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Type three is the achiever, success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Type four is the individualist, sensitive, withdrawn, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Type five, the investigator, intense, cerebral, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Oh my God, so David. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Type six, the loyalist, committed, security-oriented, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven is the enthusiast, busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Type eight is the challenger, powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Type nine is the peacemaker, easy, easygoing, self-effacing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Oh my God, I want to be a nine. Why? I don't know. Agreeable. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You know, that gets nines into trouble, too, because nines oh, can be sure. so agreeable that they don't allow their own needs to be met, right? Like every every single number has positives and negatives, right? Like we're people. We sure. all have things we're great at and things that we need help with. Um. So last night I learned about something, a little about Enneagrams. Um, I didn't do a lot of research, uh, but I did a little. And did I learned about arrows, Ah, yeah. Ah, yes, the arrow. <laughs> um, what did you learn about arrows? Something about growth and not growth. <laughs> <laughs> or stress. Stress? Was it yeah, stress? Stress. 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 Stress or? Stress or? Well, so each type has a, an, there are arrows that kind of go, the Enneagrams are laid out in a circle, the nine numbers. And then sort of across the circle, you have numbers that you connect to. And so whatever your number is, when you are in, when you're sort of in a healthy space or when you're in an unhealthy or a stressed space, you will seem more like a different number. So as a one, when I am in a healthy space, I seem more like a seven. Oh, um, which is, you know, more spontaneous and easygoing and likes to do stuff. Lots of experience. Sevens are very like experience, mm -hmm. into experience. I'm a one when I'm in a healthy space. Yes. And fours are my unhealthy space. <gasps> you poor <laughs> so thing. I, yeah. So I, fours get more, I mean, ones get more like fours when they're stressed out. Hmm. So does that mean when the two of you were living together and you both got stressed? I was a two and she was a four. 
oh my god your mom looks like she's having a stroke I'm with just that alert, like was it really bad my thought my thought was that sounds really bad was it really bad um i i mean not from i mean i don't not for me i don't think so because i actually think that me getting stressed out and being more like a four was more fun for you right and if you and if you getting stressed out makes you more like a two mm-hmm. then that's helping and like being more yeah like connected to me which i would never mind so yeah there you go mm-hmm has it helped you to understand where you go in stress? I would need to do more research on twos. Um, yeah. Because I think for me, part of what's so helpful about the Enneagram in general to me is the idea that it helps me to understand particularly stress and anger for me. Mm -hmm. Like when there are times where I'm like, I am irrationally angry right now. I do not like, I am so angry. I want to cry. I'm so angry. I am crying sitting in the Kroger parking lot. Like what is wrong with Target? For Target, yes. I love Target. Yet again, someone put brought 16 items into the 15 items or less lane. Listen, nothing will piss a one off faster. <laughs> I inefficiency is terribly upsetting to me. And I say that as a joke, but then it's also true. <laughs> it's funny because like, it's true. It, right. It is like it's very stressful for me. And so when you put like if these are things helpful things to know about yourself, right? When you put your yourself into it like let's say you were going to go get a new job right then it would be important for you when in considering that new job to find out about whether that job environment is going to fit with what you need from from that kind from a working situation right like I as a one I need you I cannot be micromanaged Like I am very competent. I value my own competency. That is very important to me. And I cannot have somebody second guessing whether or not I am like doing a good job because that makes me feel just apoplectic. Like I just cannot Mm. manage that. So that's a really important thing for me to know. Like if I'm talking to a boss, like I want to find out how, you know, like, are you a micromanager? It's a hard question. You got to figure out how to ask that the right way. But like, that's really important for me. Are you going to be up in my shit? That's how you ask. Right? Well, I'm like, I was listening to a podcast today. I also recommend the um, Enneagram and Coffee podcast, if anybody. Oh. Yeah, it's real. They're cute and real short. Um, so it's a good kind of beginner thing to do. But she was talking about ones and she was like, do you want the dishes done or do you want them done a certain way? Like, if you're trying to de-stress, you have to choose one because you can't like be up in arms about whether or not everything in the house is going to be clean, but then like it's stressing you out because it's not getting cleaned the right way or it's not right. Like I had to do a lot of work. I genuinely have had to do a lot of self-work about the cleanliness of my house. And I have been able to practice letting go and being like, that is fine. Yes. You can see that there is dust in that corner behind the refrigerator that no one else can see but you don't have to clean it <laughs> and that's gross that's gross for a one gross <laughs> yeah but like it makes it it makes it it makes me feel okay about the fact like it makes me feel not crazy that I noticed that fucking dust right mm-hmm. like I'm like mm-hmm. I, that's just me being a one I can work on it. It doesn't mean I have to like embrace it and just be like, oh, well, I'm a one. I can't fix that. That's just how I am. Like, I think that actually is the opposite of the point of the Enneagram, right? How do people misuse Enneagrams? Um, Well, I think that anytime that you're deciding, you're telling someone else what their number is and what that means about who they are, and people definitely use it like that. 
Um, I think, I think Meg just pointed to one that for sure that people do like, well, that's just the way I am. You know, this is my, and that's not at all the point of the Enneagram. Um, What about in dating though? Like, Mm. I feel like people like will put it on their, I've heard of this. I haven't actually, as a a homosexual man, (laughs) I have not encountered. Listen, I promise you the lesbians have it on theirs. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying like, if it's not like a Zodiac sign thingy mabobber, wouldn't it be inappropriate then to try and match Enneagrams or should you be trying to match Enneagrams? Like, I think that it can be a helpful, like if someone else has identified themselves as a number and it's a tool that they use to understand themselves, right? It's not something that they just like took some quiz to answer a question for you, right? That's not the same thing, but it's something that somebody really engages with. It's a tool that they use that having those conversations can be really helpful. I know some young people who've done that. Um, it because has, essentially it is about like how you view the world and how mm-hmm, you and right. how you manage things. And so like managing a relationship, especially managing conflict in a relationship, it's a really good thing to know about yourself and your partner, right? Like if you can say to yourself, oh, right, right, right. This is, this is what's helpful for me about it is like the idea that like, oh, right. Not everybody sees and experiences the world exactly Mm -hmm. like I do. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I have noticed that there are two dishes in the sink and that those two dishes have been in the sink for two days. I am upset with my partner for not putting them away, but my partner is not a one. So my partner has never noticed, <laughs> right? Like, and that's not really, that's a very dramatic example. Obviously, like he does the dishes. That's not really what I mean. But like, you know, that it's really important for you to realize that like your lens is not everybody else's lens. Right. And, that, and so if you guys can use that as a tool to talk to each other, I think it's helpful. It has been hugely beneficial in my marriage, like hugely. Um, so, and, and really the line that I read is, is I made a joke about it, but it's also understanding that David, um, does really view the world differently. And I mean, that sounds so stupid when you say it, of course, everybody views the world in their own way, but like understanding that I, I go at things with gusto and I like, I want to have a conversation about what this means and what that means and how we feel about things. And, and it just exhausts him. It just, and, and that's not personal. That doesn't have anything to do with how much he loves me or wants to be with me, but what, what is, what makes him feel deeply connected to me is for us to take a walk and really like we walk for 45 minutes and we don't say anything, or we might say one or two things, right? He, just being around and he's that way with the kids he's that way with like just being with people is enough um Mm. so because we were introduced to this tool years ago and it's something that we're we're aware of with each other i think it's one of the things that's helped us understand the other person better um and grow more toward um like making movement for each other too right Mm. so Sometimes David listens to my loud, obnoxious yelling about the stupidity of, well, so many things. There are so I could finish that sentence with. Pick a topic. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So can your number change? No. <gasps> no, I do think that your, your number, because this is really, and it really is very much as, you know, growing up, how you learned, how you learned to view the world, how you learned to manage the world. And, and that it just is essential core of who you are. That does not mean that you can, that your number does not, um, I don't know what would what's the word it, that it won't define you get integrated you right right that it's much it become you can become much more integrated 
you become a much more integrated person when you're being healthy. I think that like you, you will always like the way I sort of think about it is like maybe my first instinct or my, my first, like that first split second thought is always going to be from the lens of a one, but that I have done a lot of self-work and I've done a lot of practicing of not always responding to that instinct to where I can, and not always, but like that I have learned to at times I can, I can let go of that, mm. that I don't have to have that be how I, how I actually respond but outwardly I, but I or, or inwardly to myself too. I would say there's another part of that too. I hope, I really hope this is true for you. This should be true for everybody that, that you learn to value that, that, I mean, that perfectionist part of you is also the, the person who can do 14 different things and do them extraordinarily well, because you're going to, you're organized and you're meticulous and you're, you know, color-coded list and the, you know, it's just so, and then that is the truth of who we are, right? Our strengths are tied to our weaknesses. They're double-edged swords. Okay. Okay. This is uh, hypothetical. Oh, good. We love hypotheticals. Let's say Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, instead of raising Megan, (laughs) you you put her up for adoption. Mm -hmm. Would she like, so her, so her growing up would be different. Would she still be a one? That is a great, great question. Such a great question. Um, Probably not, but so you, you know, we, we show up wired, right? We have this genetic stuff that is so strong in us that we are just not, we're just completely unaware of it. Um, We're wired to be crazy. We are that. And then we, then we are born and our families make us crazier, no matter how much we intend to do otherwise. Um, we used to always say about our kids that we knew we'd done our job if they knew it was okay to ask for help and where to do that, because mm. we were convinced we were going to screw them up. I mean, it's you're, that's what you do as a parent. Like you're a mess. You, being a human can be a mess, right? But um yeah, but so she got here wired with stuff. So I think she definitely had some genetic propensities, like a certain genetic way that anxiety registered in her body, the whole list of things. But I think I think how, where you grow up sort of in the birth order and how your parents handle stress and how you see your role in the family, all that stuff is real important, right? Megan, do you like how we're talking about you like you're not in the room? I love it. <laughs> you know she I loves love to be the center of attention. She doesn't care how it happens. <laughs> That's why I started a podcast. I was like, oh yes, people absolutely just want to listen to me talk once a week. So what about you? Me? Would you be the same if you've been adopted out? Raised oh my God, I'd be such a nicer person. <laughs> You know what? Here, I would be. I'd probably be less bougie. Less bougie. Well, you, who knows? You might have been. You might have been adopted out to even richer people and been more bougie. I might have been more of a three than a four, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, where does this thing come from that you think you're not nice? That's not for real. Welcome to Chad's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm always a mom. Just can't help it. <laughs> and and a therapist too. She's real good at it. No, no, no. I think I think like one of the things I, you know, Megan was talking about her coming to grips with the perfectionism. I think one of the things I've recently learned is that I'm not as unique as I'd like to think I am. Um, and I think that has actually helped me connect more with people what a great um, as, a, as opposed to making me think that like, oh, I'm in this, I'm like bubble boy. Yeah. Yeah. 
see, you have now told your listeners exactly how the Enneagram can help you change and understand yourself better. And Robin, what a perfect non sequitur to <laughs> where should people start if they want to learn more? Well, um, Megan I mentioned, Megan, do you want to repeat the name of that book on, again? Yeah. So the, the road back to you, um, I think is a pretty good starter. Cheesy is, is all hell and all pretty, get out title, but right. It is, it is pretty, it is pretty religious. It is more religious. So if you're uncomfortable yeah, you could also choose the Honest Enneagram, um, which is written by um, Sarah Jane, who is the host of Enneagram and Coffee. Um, and she, like, you know, she's, she's got like Enneagram seminars and, you know, all that kind of stuff too. Um, I think as far as online tests go, the Enneagram Institute is better than yeah. other mm-hmm. ones that I have tried. Um, and I, w- I want to put another plug in for Sandra Smith. Um, yeah. Her, her uh, website is Alchemy World. And um, there's lots of resources on there. And she does a podcast too. And she's very wise. Has been in this work for 20 or 30 years. Did it with uh, in the corporate world and now in the nonprofit. And um, just good stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm an eight. I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one. I'll put them in a list. <laughs> and Chad is a four. So I'm a four and I'll journal about how none of you get me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on their list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, uh, Robin, mm-hmm. what are you whelmed about this week? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know I was going to get asked that question. How exciting. This is the weirdest thing. Mosquito Coast. <laughs> I know, right? Mosquito is that a Coast. place? No. <laughs> a person? Yeah. It's I mean, a it thing? It is a place. It, oh. it, um, it is the Nicaraguan and Honduran um, down there, like the coastline. It's you know, like you do. Place, but I'm not talking about the place. About Although I would love to be, that'd be great, but no. <laughs> it's a TV show. Oh. It's a TV show. Okay. And it's based on a book. Um, and Megan can tell you, because it's her job as the name keeper. What, who's the guy that wrote it? Uh, Paul Thoreau wrote it, and yep. it stars Justin Thoreau. Mm-hmm. Oh. Formerly married to... Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Uh, it's an Apple Plus show. Mm-hmm, really mm-hmm, t- mm-hmm. beautifully filmed, really well acted. And unless you've read the book or you look up the plot line I, I, or you're a whole lot smarter than me, I have no idea where it's going. You won't know where it's going, which is fun. Um, yeah. Mosquito Coast. Mosquito Coast. What about you guys? Charlie, yeah, what do you want about Charlie? Um, this week I am whelmed about Lego's first pride set. (laughs) I'm also very jealous. I can't do that. Like, like, you know, the people who do that sound effect with their voice, but like, it sounds like the the air bullhorn thing. Very jealous that I can't do that. Um, We're not. We're great. (laughs) (laughs) No. So Lego came out with their first pride edition set. It goes on sale June 1st. And it's very pretty and colorful um, and very cute and, and very affordable, only $35. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, honestly, I go back and forth about all the corporate pandering that happens during the month of June, but you know, I'd rather they pander than not ignore, ignore. or be Chick-fil-A. Interestingly, <laughs> New York is having um, another march this year and not a parade and uh, okay bear with me for a second it's called no corpse no cops now it has nothing to do with dead people which is what i thought it was which is what i thought it meant the first time i heard it 
What do they mean? No corporations. Oh. And no police. So they want, they feel like over the past years, too many corporations have infiltrated the pride parade. And so they have a march in solidarity for no cops, Black Lives Matter, um, trans rights, um, you know, the state, you know, people first um, Mm -hmm. and no corporations that, you know, we can't be bought. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. Way to keep it real, NYC. Right. right. Uh, Last but not least, Megan, what are you whelmed about this week? Um, You know, I am whelmed about our listeners. So one of the things that's been... I are wellmies. One of the things that's been really fun um, with people listening is that they talk to me about my opinions. Um, and so I have gotten, I've had several conversations recently. Um, one of, one of was, was with my little, our, our little Gen Z friend um, who told me that since she'd been listening to old music, like the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> How sorry. dare you? Sorry. Yeah, that I should really give Olivia Rodrigo a chance. Uh, and so I did, and I, she's delightful. Um, you know, her new album came out and everybody's really up in arms about it. So I'm sure a lot of people have listened to it, but it's really great. She's sort of a, like a cross between Taylor Swift and like Paramore sort of like, it's, oh. it's very like, it's got a, like a high school. It does. It's right. Like it's a good vibe. It makes you feel like, but I, but I listen to a lot of very current music. I listen to things that were on the top 50 songs on Spotify. I listen to Saweetie who has a great BFF song. Uh, I'm super obsessed with the, the Jonas brothers just did a, a, a track with marshmallow. Um, who oh, is the guy with the out. giant marshmallow head. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I, it, I listened to it like, 50 times I can't stop listening to it. Like, it's a total bop. What so, is up with the Joe Bros? I don't want to like them, but I do. You should, there's no reason not to like them. They That's are not true. Hot. I just like them. They are talented. I know. They're hot and talented. What's wrong with that? I know what you're going to say. He's not one of them. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. No. I, was, I wasn't actually. I... No, you don't want to be a you don't want to be a Joe Bro. No, I just want to be in a hot tub with them. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess that can also be a problem. Oh, I was hoping right. you were going to say that could be arranged. I don't know them. I cannot help you with that. <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you know them, Robin? <laughs> we can do a lot of things, but hooking you up with the Joe Bros is not one of them. Sorry. Oh my God! Speaking of our listeners, um, uh, we do hope that if you liked this episode and want to hear more, you will also tell a friend. In fact, tell two while you're at it, um, and tell them that they can listen to us wherever they listen to podcasts. And Megan, where can they find us on the socials? We're on Instagram at Whelmed Podcast and Facebook at Whelmed with Megan and Charlie. You can also email us now at whelmedcast at gmail.com. And we would love to have all of your questions and comments. Send them to us. We might talk about you on an upcoming episode. (laughs) I guess that's it, isn't it? Oh, okay. It's It's totally it. Let's try it again. (laughs) I guess that's it. I love you, honey. Uh, What would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Ah, boo.